Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. My name is Dave Rivera. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. And I just sounded like I just came out of the uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> for, for two seconds there. Hello, this is one ecstatic Dallas Mavericks fan. You can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak underscore underscore Kid. I'm Aaron. I'm dog sitting. I forgot how to DM on Twitter last night. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. I finally finished the Harry Potter series. And you can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains, all one word. We have some now, interesting names this week. <laughs> now, uh, now, Aaron, you, you DM'd. You forgot how to DM in general, or you were DMing somebody, you just forgot how to? No, like so, you were, you, were, you so aren't skilled I, at, at sliding in the DMs. I'm not skilled in sliding into y'all's DMs. Last night I was trying to send that DM of, I don't even remember what, some NBA tweet, and I typed in Never Made Varsity and clicked on the first thing that came up and clicked send, and then three minutes later I receive a DM back, Aaron doesn't know how to DM on Twitter anymore, in our actual group chat. Apparently I... DM the Never Made Varsity account. Instead of the Never Made Varsity group. Yes. Honest mistake. <laughs> Perhaps. I, I typed in Never Made Varsity, and the only thing that came up was... I, one thing came up, so I thought it was the right thing. Look I guess you, that's okay. The lesson of this story is look before you click, kids. It was like 12.07. I had to be first to share all the takes and all the breaking news. At 12.07 last night, I was watching Big Brother After Dark. I was watching NBA TV, or maybe I was watching ESPN. I don't remember. I was watching Glow, which I may touch on in my content corner. I want to watch. Okay, well, we can talk about that because that's a show I want to watch. Yes. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into Free Agency, which started about 18 and a half hours ago. For the NBA, also NHL, but no one cares. Um, Wait, NHL has free agency? Yes. <laughs> so yeah, uh, NBA free agency up. has started. I was about to say you just show up in a, and you're just hockey, <laughs> and you punch some people, and then it's over. Hockey. But yes, free agency has started. Who wants to? Who wants to go for it? Let Maverick uh, go first. Yeah, I guess yeah, I Maverick, can start you, uh... things off because uh, I believe my team was one of the first to make one of the big splashes of the night. In case you haven't seen my Twitter and all of my reactions over the last 18 hours, the Dallas Mavericks signed DeAndre Jordan, former center of the Los Angeles Clippers, or they made an agreement of a one-year, $24 million contract. Uh, it's been a long time running. They did, so they've come to agreement on the Treaty of Dallas and the Twitter war of 2015 has officially concluded. Did you see he tweeted out that emoji of a cowboy? Yes. Yes, yes. I did. And I retweeted it. So, for people who still don't have the context, in 2015, Dallas was uh, heavily fla- favored to get DeAndre. Uh, heavily flavored. Fa- heavily favored. <laughs> I believe Shams even, like, was one of the people who was like, he is favored to go to the Mavericks. Uh, I thought it was before Shams was a thing. It might have been. It was either Shams or Woj. Uh, it was probably Woj. And there was even, a, it came to a verbal agreement, uh, but it was still this moratorium, and then there was this uh, controversial thing where Chris Paul and Blake Griffin locked him in his own house, tweeted a picture of them putting a chair over the door. Uh, they tweeted emojis of, like, planes flying out to try to go and save him, quote-unquote, and they eventually convinced him uh, to 
staying Los Angeles. Uh, he tweeted out, like, I'm sorry for this change of heart. And so that's why they've changed the moratorium period from eight days to like five or six. So that it gives them less time to have these change of hearts. But uh, both sides, it was a mutual like building of the bridge back. Uh, and it works for everybody. So uh, the best thing about it is, is that we keep our cap space going into next year by keeping it only a one-year deal, but we also get to see how it's going to work in Dallas. And to be honest, he's the best pick-and-roll center we've had since Tyson Chandler. And even back then, people were saying at Tyson Chandler's time, he was coming off an ACL injury, going out of his prime, and we turned him into the one of the best centers in the NBA. And I can only imagine what Rick Carlisle is going to do for him in Dallas. So for Dallas, let's see. so it would be – uh, Dennis Smith Jr., Luka Doncic, Wesley Matthews, is he a starter? Potentially. Harrison and, and then, then uh, Yeah, DeAndre Harrison and then uh, and DeAndre. Because the right now the plan is still, to, it, and uh, until the, the deadline in February, they're going to be looking at options to, I think, unload Wes's deal because he had a player option and opted in for $19 million a year. I mean, it was a smart decision on his part, but... It is something that we have to take into account if we want to be able to go after more free agents because at the moment we can't. So at this point, the only other thing we're going to be able to do is do some do a trade involving him to get some smaller assets. Uh, I I would I would think I would see Dirk come off the bench first just because it would probably be uh, Dennis, Wes, Luca at the three, HB might playing at the four, and DeAndre at the five. About that time for Dirk. It is. And uh, he declined his own option, or we declined his team option, and he's signing an even lesser deal just to be able to give us more cap room to chase after people. I mean, I said this on Twitter, and we can talk about who the GOAT is, Michael, LeBron. Some people may think Kobe, but Dirk is the most loyal. Those people are wrong. Objectively wrong. (laughs) I'm saying that's not even the point. Dirk Nowitzki is the most loyal NBA player of all time. This year he will enter his 21st season with the same NBA franchise, passing Kobe, who had 20 with the Lakers. Uh, Time and time again has taken pay cuts in order to let ourselves be more competitive in free agency and get better talent so that we can compete. And so there's among Mavs fans, there's a lot of hesitation for getting DeAndre uh, because of what happened in the past. But at, at the end of the day, it's all about being competitive for Dirk. Because I'll be the first to admit this. We're probably fighting for the 6th to 8th spot now this season rather than lottery. So it's not like we're going to be in true championship contention, but it's all about having a team that's really going to compete for Dirk in his last few years in Dallas, and that's something he deserves if he's going to be taking all these pay cuts and making all these sacrifices for the team. We, We owe it to him to be as best as we can be. That was a beautiful speech, Maverick. Nice. <laughs> and good night. We'll I thought it's interesting. I thought it's interesting that he's, uh, as it stands right now, only signing a one-year deal. No, I, I'm not surprised at all, actually, because um, it, it allows him, as I believe it was Tim McMahon, one of our writers, is that he can date us, uh, and he can end up going somewhere next year. The, the reason why he was not going to go to the Warriors, how some people were reporting, is that 
we were the only team with the cap space and who were willing to give him the price of his original contract with the Clippers, which was $24 million. But yeah. now, next year, so it's basically allowing him a cap year because if he outperforms and does wonderful with us, it's only going to make his stock rise higher so then he can maybe go somewhere that he maybe really wants to go. But at this point, I think he understands this was the best destination for us. Yeah. That whole monologue that you had about the 2015 offseason reminded me of the emoji war that all the NBA players were in and how Paul Pierce tweeted an emoji, but it was just a screenshot of the rocket emoji. Yeah, and then Chandler Parsons got into it. That's such a Paul Pierce it. thing to do. Uh, oh, and that was also a thing, going back to Wesley. So that's also what complicates it, because that's the year that we got Wesley Matthews. And so because he ended up agreeing to us and not uh, reneging the deal, we gave him the – we were going to get him for 16, but we gave him 19, and that's why his contract's at 19 now. And the thing was, he is one of, he's one of DeAndre's good friends. And so that's going to help with chemistry. So, sure, it might be good to unload his contract, but their chemistry is already going to be better. So I think at the moment keep him because he's a solid veteran player. So now we have a very good mix of young talent and veterans. Uh, but in the words of Tribe Call Quest and also GM of the Thunder, Sam Presti, scared money don't make none. That's what's up. I think that and, might be the biggest thing of the night. Well, I I was personally surprised because I was because I mean, I didn't think he was going to make that decision this quickly, and and the fact that he was talking about you know how he loved watching Kobe, he grew up watching the Lakers, he had a special like he had like a like a like a ESPN special that was following his free agency. I thought this was all leading up to him signing with LA. And to see him come out at like twelve oh one, literally, and say I'm staying with OKC, it was. I was shocked. So Paul George at a party, and I believe the party was in Oklahoma City, announced that he was staying in Oklahoma City. He verbally committed to the Thunder for I think one year with a player option. After that, no, no he goes to a four it's, year deal. Yeah, oh, it's, it's a, a three. And a, it's, a, it's, it's three, three and one. Three and one. Gotcha. And he can extend after two. Did y'all see Wendy's reaction? Yes. That was so funny. Brian Wendy no, on what, live what television was shooketh when the deal came out. And he, he said, and I would probably co-sign this uh, statement, is that uh, by Sam Presti getting him to do this, uh, both a long-term deal and just staying in OKC in general, uh, it was more impressive than trading him from Indiana. But I think he also nope. was questioning Paul George. And the fact that he walked away from a potential $200 million contract to stay in Indiana because he wanted to go to Los Angeles, and then now he gets traded to OKC, and now when he has a chance to go to L.A., he, he does this long-term deal with OKC. Well, you can't, you can't knock the fact that he personally has talked about how he's become really good friends with Russell Westbrook. Yeah. So oh, it's yeah. like... I understand that. That's a lot. I that's think like that's important. million, dollars, though, left on the table. That's important, and I think was also important... To, uh, what I assume is important to Paul George is, yes, he's from L.A., but if he goes and plays for a Laker, he's just another great player that went to play 
for the Lakers. If he goes to, if he like does well in these years in Oklahoma City, he's going to get his jersey retired. I'm glad yep. you said that because did you all see what Joel Embiid tweeted? Yeah, I wanted. To, <laughs> yes. I wanted to start I did a not. conversation about that. So before before we, before we move on from Paul George, I just want to say that the Hornets have done nothing of worth or note since drafting Ever. Kemba, and it's continued to be that way. So I just wanted to throw that out there for, uh, you know, sad Hornets yeah. fans slash LeBron fan. <laughs> what did what did Joel and Beat tweet? So I well, didn't the, see it. This ultimately gets into the big conversation of the biggest fish in the mall, Mr. LeBron James. Uh, who landed I'm sorry, in, did you say the biggest fish in the mall? No, no. <laughs> did I say that? In the pond, Yes. Whoops. Uh, LeBron James landed in L.A. last night to have his meeting with the Lakers. Uh, but Joel Embiid, being Joel Embiid, tweeted out something along the lines of uh, Kobe and Ma- you know, the Lakers will always be Kobe and Magic's team. And so that might start, I guess, the conversation of do you think that's a like an actual thing with NBA teams where there's like a select, the elite of the elite of those franchises that you can't really get over the hump? Because I believe that's what they would be arguing with about LeBron where – he would only be there for, for a few years, and so he wouldn't match the, the actual franchise legacy of, say, Kobe, Magic, Kareem, and those things. Yeah. Um, would you say would you say the same thing about him in Miami, or is he a, is that a special case? No, he's a Miami great. Yeah, he's a Miami yeah. great. Because it's not like Miami has the storied history that the Lakers have. He got Miami their second and third titles. But I think if anyone can break the whole, oh, it's always going to be Magic and Kareem and Kobe, I mean, I feel like it's LeBron James. Like, Don't get me wrong. Anybody. I, I think mean, that... do you think that the Wizards are okay. Jordan's team? Uh, that's a little different. That's actually a very different. <laughs> I, I think that if... <laughs> MJ was a scrub by that point. <laughs> I think... I forgot. I totally lost my train of thought. It's totally Sorry. gone. Okay, I'll start talking then. So... Just as a correction, I don't think that he's met with the Lakers yet, but he was in L.A. because that's where his summer home is located, and he met with Rich Paul, his agent, met with the 76ers today, and LeBron has been in, was in contact with Kobe Altman, the Cavs GM, at approximately 12.05 last night. But to my knowledge, there hasn't been any word of a meeting with the Lakers. The thing is, Kobe and Magic and Kareem and Wilt mean something different to the city of Los Angeles. That the actual Laker fans, like not people that will become Laker fans like me when if LeBron goes to the Lakers. I. I. It is me. It is me. Like, they will not let go of Kobe. They will not let go of Magic because those are their guys in a way that's different than if than how LeBron came to the Heat because the only other guy that was ever the Heat's was Dwayne Wade. And if the next greatest thing to a Heat great is an aging, not aging Shaq, he was still pretty good then, but Shaq and Udonis Haslam. You you don't got to sugarcoat it, he was aging. And Udonis Haslam is the other one you're going to throw up there. Like, it means something different to, to L.A. That's fair. I can see that point. But, I mean, nothing is set in stone. Apparently, there's now uh, rumors that Kawhi could be traded to uh, Philadelphia. 
which I find interesting because I feel like they would need to get rid of one of their major assets. Yeah, they say they said that Simmons, Embiid, and Fultz, I believe, are all not available for trade. But I don't think that Saric is enough to get Kawhi. No, they're, they're going to have to get rid of one of the three, at least. Yeah. And if honestly, if you're going to... So, at first I said Fultz, because he's the youngest prospect. He's unproven. You don't... I don't know. And then, you know, as I think about it, I mean, you can get rid of Ben Simmons... Like, I know he's your future player, but it's like you're getting Kawhi, and, uh, like, you still have a solid core around you if you get rid of him. I think that if the Spurs want a chance of getting either Kawhi or LeBron, Ben Simmons has to go. Do you mean the 76ers? Yes. Like, he he doesn't help that situation at all. Yeah, he doesn't fit, especially with LeBron, because he's basically early worse career LeBron, LeBron with shoot. even worse jump shot. I don't see how you can have them on the floor at the same time. Again, it's not a worse jump shot. It's that he does not shoot. <laughs> well, I mean, I get what you're saying. He doesn't shoot because of how bad his jump shot is. I mean, Andre Roberson can't shoot, but he does. Fair. So, I think this is going to be. Do you think where the longer it goes, the better chance he has of going back to Cleveland? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was about to say because if you, I don't think he goes to Los Angeles if there isn't some other big piece over there with him because he's not going to go to L.A. just to have to carry a bunch of young guys, and that's the situation that it is right now. The landscape of the Lakers has to change. Before LeBron gets there, before he goes there, and a I don't see that. I don't see that happening right now. At this current point, I thought Paul George was the one that was going to go there and change everything, but now that he's staying in OKC, the only one I can see is Kawhi, and Kawhi is injured still. Like there's still questions and about his back. On top of that, they there's been rumored to have been essentially no trade talks with between the Lakers and the Spurs. Within the past couple days, um, two quick, two more things um, with NBA free agency. I, I think it's interesting that today there I got an alert on my phone that a lot of NBA GMs think that LeBron's already made up his mind, which is interesting. Um, I think the other is Chris Paul signing to a four-year, hundred sixty million dollar deal with the Rockets. Ah, uh, yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah, yes, sign a max deal with the Rockets. But they also lost Trevor Ariza, which is you know when you on that paper matters. you're like ah, it's on paper you're like ah it's not you know it's Trevor Ariza but it's like he's a like one of the best perimeter defenders in the league and he's a solid three point shooter yeah so it's like they lost the, they lost a pretty major piece of their team right there so. you could say he's their second most important role player behind Mute. you can make an argument that he's their most important but I can see where you're coming from. Those two are unquestionably their two most important role players this past yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, the land, I, I thought this was going to shape up very differently. Yeah. And it, so far, it, it's it's not quite. It's it's. It's been interesting. I have been interested. And, it's been intriguing. and now, related to that, Suns move, they cut Ulysses 
I believe in part to make mo- to make room to sign Ariza, and now Devin Booker is angry because Ulysses is his best friend. Right. And I also saw that. Not that Ulysses is amazing, but he's a really good game manager. And I understand that they don't really have a spot for him with Booker, Josh Jackson, and Aiton all being hypothetical game managers, but I feel like it makes sense to keep your best player happy and not cut his best friend. Uh, on top of that, I heard, I don't know how much credibility this has, but did any of y'all hear that the Nuggets were making a push for LeBron? Yeah, but I did. I, I heard that there's like been nothing of them getting a meeting. I, I saw something it, I else yesterday. I think it's a it's a left on red situation. <laughs> I don't know. The, I don't know the vil, the validity the validity of that, but I mean, well, yeah, I, don't, I can't see him going to a Denver. It's pretty valid that they're pushing hard, but unless I, he wants some of that good Kush, <laughs> I mean. They, it seems like the only teams that he's been legitimately considering are Cleveland, Los Angeles, and now Philadelphia. I didn't mean to sound that excited about weed. <laughs> you went, stay Ooh. off <laughs> the weed. Duh. Duh. <laughs> All right. Anything First else to free agency? agency? Yeah. Yes, Let's yes. see how this goes. Uh, uh, do we have predictions on where LeBron's going to end up? I don't know. I thought I thought PG was for sure going to go sign with the Lakers, and so that fueled my LeBron pick to go to the Lakers. But now that there's no big free agent that I can see conceivably signing with the Lakers, because Kawhi is a trade situation, not a mm-hmm. not a free agent. It's like uh, I don't know. I I don't know anymore. He might end up being back with the Cavs, which is not the best situation for him, honestly. But, I mean, who knows? My gut still says Cleveland. I'm well, still between. I'm between <laughs> Cleveland and L.A. Like I said, with every st- day that passes without, like, anyone going to L.A., I think he's going back to Cleveland. So let's move on to the topic that I've been avoiding um, to be honest with you, for the last, like, seven weeks. Uh, UNC basketball is back in practice. They've been showing some highlight videos. I like it. A couple highlight videos on Twitter. So who do y'all think, or what do you think the potential lineups are going to look like this year? Wait, well, why are you trying to avoid it? Because I, it's Because it's July. Yeah, I'm with Colby on this one. Not that I don't want to talk about it, it's just... We didn't know who our starting lineup was going to be at late night with Roy last year, let alone on True. July 1st. But, but it's still fun to speculate. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree, but we've been putting off some Twitter questions for like a month, too. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Since well, I brought this up last it anyways. time. It's too yeah, late. It's, it's too on late the rundown. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I brought this up last time. Uh, I think. So, you know, just starting off, um, I think 7th Woods will end up being the starting point guard at the start of the season. I'm not so confident they'll end the season as the starting point guard. I think Kobe White 
is more dangerous offensively. I don't know how he is as a passer. Um, but I think by the end of the season, Kobe White will be the starting point guard. I mean, uh, I think I think we said this earlier, but we haven't had a true distributing point guard since Kendall Marshall. Yeah, so it's not like, you know, we have these pass-first guys. I mean, you know, Joel Berry was a scorer. It's important for our point guard to be a leader on the court, but not necessarily a distributor. Right, and so, you know, I want 7th to be a solid point guard, but I think Kobe White is has a more all-around uh, is more all-around gifted offensively right now. Yeah. Um I can't I can't speak on their defense cuz 7th was injured last year and I don't I haven't seen any you know, I haven't watched Kobe White play. So I'd be I interested I'd be interested to see Leaky Black get some I was just about to say that point guard. I don't know why everyone is like forgetting about this 6'8 point guard exactly. that we have like, on our team. <laughs> by default, he's already an incredibly talented player, but at 6'8 playing point guard, that immediately makes you unbelievably dangerous. We're going to be really big next year. A 6'8 point guard is so difficult to guard just from size alone. We got some long boys out here. <laughs> Did y'all see that Kobe is blogging his experiences in practice? Yeah. I did see that. I did not see that. And he he was talking about who he thought that was going to be a breakout player. I'm not sure this person is going to start at this point, maybe next year. But he said that Brandon Robinson was going to be his, uh, who he thought was going to be the breakout person of the year, which is exciting. I think we're all ready to see B-Rob go off. We saw those flashes last year where he would be great. Like, I think he had the second best three-point percentage on the team at one point. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> I mean, we recruited him as a sharpshooter. Yeah. So, right, that, that would be exciting. I'm ready for it. Uh, be Rob Flourish season. Yeah. Other than that, I feel like the big storyline is who is going to be our wing. Is it, Are we going to continue to go small? And it would be uh, either Kobe or Seventh, uh, Kenny, Luke, Cam, and then Sterling or Garrison depending on who does better? Or do you start Nas Little, our five-star recruit, the number two overall player in the country? And See, this is kind of what I was getting to last week, where it's like, I would be upset if Nas didn't start, but at the same time, like, who do you kick out of the lineup? Exactly. Like, I, would, I wouldn't feel com- I mean, Kenny, Kenny is going to play the two guard, right? Yeah. And so that's a given. Kenny, Cam, and Luke are all guaranteed starters. Right. So I like, don't know do- that about Cam. You don't think Cam's is, is a surefire starter? I am very comfortable with Cam coming off the bench and lighting people up off the bench. See, I wouldn't mind that, but I don't know if, I mean, to be fair, he is new to the program, so it's like, I don't know how much Roy is like, oh, he's a veteran, oh, we should, like, tailor to, you know, keeping veterans on the court. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like if we have this guy who is very talented and has the the, the ability to, to, to alter a game with his athleticism and his defense and his, his skills. It's like, I don't know how you bench that. <laughs> and I be, I, there's basically two schools of thought. Uh, there are purists who would say, like, young players should not really be out 
senior players unless they're just absolutely more dominant than them from the get-go. And then otherwise they should not start. But there's plenty of examples of it not. Justin Jackson started his first game our freshman year. Yeah. Uh, and, and the other side is like, if you do not start Nas, imagine what that's going to tell to all these five-star recruits that we've been trying to get. Well, that's that was the next point I was, that was the next point I was gonna get to is that like if you don't start Nas, I know Roy doesn't really, I don't know if he doesn't care about this, but I assume that he doesn't care about this. But like, the image that it says like, oh, we have this amazing, this is the number two player in the nation right now, and he's gonna be coming off the bench, it's conceivably, and so it's like, what does what message does that send other five star recruits that we're trying to recruit to come here, who want to get the opportunity to start. At a prestigious university, at a high, high, uh, high visibility, high caliber program like UNC. I think what it does tell us is that when, if once we do get those five stars, they're going to be ready to work. Maybe. Yeah. So, having said all this, uh, they did interview Nas. I believe it was either an article from Two Four Seven or Inside Carolina, where he said that during his recruiting process. Uh, the starting position was like never part of the discussion that Roy told him from the get-go that he's going to have to earn his spot in the lineup and he said he was completely okay with that now I, I, I really appreciate him saying that but I know that there's a lot of recruits out there that will not be that accommodating to the school they're wanting but to go to the flip side of that is do we want recruits that are like that and I think that's part of what Roy goes for is that he – part of the reason that we don't have one-and-dones is that we never go for guys that are able to be one-and-dones most of the time. Let's, Roy let's, goes hey, for the guys. Put well, some respect on Tony Bradley's name, okay? All right? <laughs> Roy goes for the guys that are talented but have flaws that he can fix. But I think – okay, two things. I think, one, that part of that is – not being able to recruit as well as we have been in the past. Um, and then he really capitalized on not getting top recruits and being able to develop four-year four players. But two, I, my thing is, if a player wants to go ahead and be a starter day one and like be the man once they get there, sure, go, be, go wherever you need to go to have that experience because, I mean, that's what they want. So like I'm not I'm not going to be hurt if a player says I want to be a starter day one and doesn't come here. Like okay, do do you? Yeah, yeah. I, it's not. <laughs> That's I fair. Don't necessarily. I mean want that, that completely sincerely. I'm just saying I know there's a lot of fans that lose their mind because we don't get every single five star. I'm not going to lose my mind, but it's like when we have this guy on, like you know, I feel like Nas is is going to be a great player, and so it's like I you know. I feel like we should have him out there, but that's also my un- like. I have not seen him practice. I haven't seen him with the team, so it's it, this is all all purely speculation. Like this is all like early opinions. It's Bobby it's Bonilla like, Day. That's how early it is. <laughs> and so I don't feel comfortable kicking. Like so, I would say Kobe White, uh, Kenny Williams at the two guard. Three, I would say Nas. Four, I would say Cam. Five, I would say Luke. Unless he wants to go big, in which case I'd say three Nas, four Luke, five Sterling, if he passes his uh, conditioning exam. 
Because that's a big question. Yeah. Because I think Sterling Manley has the potential to be a very talented player. Like, a very talented player. Or not even talented. Not talented. A very, like, he's already, I feel like, got the skill set, I feel like. And if he just keeps working on it, I feel like he has the potential to be extremely good. Like a Bryce Johnson type guy. But, so, I mean, you know, it's if, it's all if he passes conditioning stuff. Go ahead, Kobe. Let, let's, well, let's go ahead and go around and say what we think. Let's say, like, end of the year lineups look like on July 1st. And we can revisit this again um, after late night. But I I think I'm going to say at the end of the year we're going to have Kobe oh. at the one. Oh, I think we lost him. Yeah, we did lose Kobe. Wow, huh? the suspense is killing me. Oh, no. Oh, I can hear you. Oh, okay, oh, we, we lost you for a back second. Now. Hold on. We can oh, also do, can you like, hear me? Who are yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we, we, we got you now. Did y'all hear that? Okay, yeah, we, yeah, we can do that. Um... So we're we can I'll start sitting weird then. Um, have Kobe at the one, uh, Kenny at the two, Nas at the three, um, Luke at the four, and then Garrison or Sterling at the five. Yeah. And breakout star, I'll say B Rob or um, Brandon Huffman. <laughs> B Huff. Next. I'll agree with that starting lineup at the end of the year. Um, my breakout star, mostly because he's who I want to break out, is Leaky Black, just because I want us to have a Magic Johnson-like player. I think he's going to end up developing... Uh, like, if he actually stays at the point guard position... If he actually stays at the point guard position, I think he has a potential to be... Uh, like, go in the NBA draft. Yeah. You mean this season or at all? Uh, at all. Like, if he stays, like, two, three years, I feel like he'll get selected in the NBA draft. Can't yeah. Coach size. Nope. I mean, I think it's going to be, like, a Theo situation where he's just going to be so good at such a valuable archetype of player that he's going to find a fit somewhere. Um, Math. Let's see. I think... Kobe, yeah, Kenny, Nas, Cam, and then Luke. I think they might go small ball again. Uh, my breakout, though, I, I'm praying, though, because it's going to go against what I just said. I'm praying that Seven breaks out because I think everybody wants oh, to yeah. see him succeed and do well just because he was one of the most hyped recruits when we got him. Uh, and unfortunately, just due to injuries and just several obstacles, he just hasn't been able to get over that hump into college. Uh, but I know that a lot of people are probably rooting for it and are more than excited to see whenever that happens. I, re- I really want him to succeed, like, on, like genuinely. I'm ready for Mixtape 7 to come back. <laughs> um, let's move on to baseball. Woo. It's Bobby Bonilla Day. It the is. most exciting day of the year. I, I'm actually prepared this time. And I have, like, a lot of talking points. This is like when Stu Gotts has his weekend observations before the show starts. I should start doing beeps in between each point. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> okay, so first off, Oregon State won the College World Series this past week. Uh, congrats to them. They, yeah, no, I'm not going to congratulate them for their pitcher. They got very lucky to win game two. And then they threw a com- their pitcher threw a complete game shutout in game three. So, congrats to them. I'm not happy for them, but congrats. 
Uh, second of all, the Mets are terrible. They had their worst June in club history. They went 5-21, and 21, and they now have 12 straight series losses. Come at us, Austin. Yeah, Austin, your team kind of is really bad. And that's coming from a Browns fan. <laughs> uh, today is the most exciting day in baseball. It's Bobby Bonilla Day. Uh, for those who don't know, I think this is the dumbest contract move of all time. Basically... Bonilla was owed about $5.8 million in 2000, and they were, the Mets were like, we don't want to pay you, so they cut him. But as part of his buyout, they deferred his salary until 2010, earning 8% in, or 2011, earning 8% interest each year. I believe it was 8% interest, and in yep. total, it got up to being worth $29.4 million-ish. And so now, every July 1st until 2035, he gets paid $1.19 million. And I am so jealous of Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> I mean, he gets literally a very, very comfortable life because the Mets were too cheap to pay him $5 million. And he's been out of baseball for like 18 years. Yeah, he hasn't played baseball since he got cut by the Mets. And realistically, now he doesn't need to do anything for the rest of his life. Making a free $1.2 million every year. I'm jealous. Same. Um, also, yesterday was the Mariners' turn ahead the clock day. It was the 20th anniversary of when it originally happened. Basically, in 1998, the Mariners wanted to... Uh, see what they were their owner was very progressive on jerseys and he wanted this promotion called turn ahead the clock where every team in the majors had like a design of what their uniforms would be like in 40 years and a lot of the uniforms looked horrible but they looked awesome in retrospect and this year was the 20th anniversary of it so the Mariners had turn ahead the clock night last night and their jerseys were the same as 20 years ago. They were tank top jerseys, and all of their play, almost all their players that played last night did not wear undershirts, and they had their shirts untucked in the field, and they wore their hats backwards. And it was a very interesting baseball spectacle, especially from someone who is a self-identified baseball purist. And also saying um, that since baseball is one of the more conservative sports in terms of their uniform, Yes. The, it was a very interesting looking game. Um, my regular update on the Tribe, we cannot win in Oakland, although we are beating them by 11 right now. But we lost the first two games of the series. First two, yeah, first two games of the series in Oakland. We just can never win there. And it is what it is. But... Carlos Carrasco is set to return to the rotation this coming Friday. He was out a couple weeks with an elbow injury after he had a ball hit him right in the elbow off the bat. And Danny Salazar is set to get another surgery, so who knows if he's ever going to pitch again, but hoping for the best. And our rotation with Carrasco back should be even better than it's been. Um, lastly... I saw a thread on Reddit that I want to get your guys' opinions on. Do you think that 
it should be an obligation of someone who gets a, an adult who gets a foul ball at a baseball game to give it to kids. Is it wrong to guilt them into giving it to a child? Uh, I feel like it's situational. Like, if you're an adult and you pick, like, if you get a ball and you get it, like, it comes to you fair and square, cool, keep it. If you steal it from a kid, oh, you're, yeah. you're a jerk. But, like, say, like, I, I get a foul ball in a game and a kid comes up and asks me for it, do I have to give it to the kid? No, you don't have to give it to the kid. Screw that kid. <laughs> so I think, I mean, I don't think that the adult is ever wrong. If they get the ball fair and square, I don't think that the adult is ever wrong for keeping it. Have y'all watched this season of Queer Eye? I have not. I haven't, no. So, um, Tan, all season, is teaching people the French tuck which is you tuck in the front of your shirt and let the back of your shirt hang, and that is exactly what Dee Gordon did last night with the Mariners. So it looks <laughs> like the French tuck has made its way from Queer Eye to the Major Leagues. Um, so anyways, personally, <laughs> I think... Nice <laughs> so anyways, personally, I think that... If I caught a foul ball, then I'm keeping it. If I don't know, I, I've just seen some stuff where like adult, like grown adults will like, like a kid will be about to to catch it and they'll and they'll like like moss him. Oh yeah, <laughs> like Zach up. Campbell, who is a famous MLB vlogger who is obsessed with getting foul balls and home run balls, is especially egregious of that. But he does give away most of his balls that he catches. So he's not that awful, but I'm still not a fan of him. But, like, I'm saying if I catch a ball fair and square, I'm keeping that ball. If the ball bounces to me and there's a kid nearby who seems like he or she deserves it, then I'll give him the ball. It seems yeah. like they des- – are you the arbiter of who deserves a foul ball and who doesn't? It's my foul ball, yes. I am the <laughs> arbiter of who deserves it. Look at Aaron playing God. <laughs> I, I think I agree with y'all. It's very situational, like – if, if if it came straight to you and you catch it or like you run out of your way to get it like you're not like knocking people over trying to get to it you can keep the ball but if you're like going out of your way to like rip it out somebody else's hands or like reach over them or moss them uh, that's not a good one well I think mossing adults is fine sure oh mossing adults is hilarious yeah, maybe that's fine <laughs> or catching it with your beard up, I guess. <laughs> if you catch uh, it with your beer cup, then you deserve it no matter what. Yeah. Because still, you're just you're a fan like anybody else, and so a lot of those fans are still just a kid when they come to games. Like yeah. it's a childhood thing, so it doesn't make them any less of a fan uh, or any less deserving of the ball. What about if the foul ball hits off of somebody, an adult, and you catch it? Do you have to give it to the person that it hit off of? No. Have have better hands. Yeah. <laughs> because depends. like if they were trying to catch it, yes. If it, they didn't see it, like it was so, a line drive. This is a real situation that happens. So my regular seats at the Indians games are behind home plate, like twenty five rows back, and I was at the game with my dad. This was like. Four years ago, I think. So my dad was about 50 years old. He'd never gotten a foul ball before. And 
this was before there were all the overtop screens. This was when it was just the screen in front of you. So like, if a ball's hit right, it could get behind the screen, and it could. We were in foul ball territory, and there was a ball that was hit relatively hard backwards, and it hit the lady sitting one or two rows behind us, and it bounced off of her, and my dad caught it, and. We got into a lively debate with a couple of our friends on whether or not he should have given her the ball. Catch the ball. Yeah. yeah. I agree. We should move on. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys uh, didn't cut me off a while ago from the baseball corner. It actually wasn't terrible this week. <laughs> um, mostly because it wasn't about baseball, mostly. <laughs> it was all about baseball, excuse you. I watched um, The Lost World Jurassic Park this weekend and live texted it to David. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. <laughs> um, that is a silly movie. Well, because um, you were... Cause, okay, so verbatim, because you texted me, you were like, I don't hate this movie. It was like, what, the first ten minutes? Yes. It was like, first ten minutes, he was like, I don't hate this movie. I was just, just, just wait. Just wait. And then I get a text later. It says dot, dot, dot. This is a silly movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is silly. It's a very silly movie. But I, like, I liked it. It was fun. Um, it was a lot more fun than uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, even though it's the exact same movie. Like, this, this is, if you've seen The Lost World, you've seen Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So, it follows the exact same story beats. Like, the exact same beats. Um... I don't think Jeff Goldblum is a great leading man. I think he's better as the side character. Um, but I, I had a good time watching it. David, what do you think about it? Um, I, and the gymnastic scene is great. No, Thank you very stop. much. No, 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 no. All I'm going to say is for everyone that's seen it, you know what I'm talking about. The gymnastic scene where this chick literally does a whole gymnastics routine <laughs> and, and and just drop John kicks van, like john claude van damme kicks this this freaking raptor <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic it's the and best I, part of the movie <laughs> I, I, it took me out the whole movie man i loved it what it was amazing <laughs> Oh it, man. It, it's just it's it's something. <laughs> I also like how the final fifteen minutes of that movie it's an entirely different movie. Um the San Diego part. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it's, you. It's it's just a different movie. Like they stopped the first movie and said, actually we changed our minds. It turned into King Kong <laughs> real fast. But I'd put this on par with Justice League, which I also didn't hate. Like, it, of course, it has a lot of problems, but it was fun, and I liked it. So, I just it's 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 a time, it's it's a movie, and it's like it's okay. So, like the thing that I like about the original Jurassic Park is that it mixes horror elements with like uh like adventure and wonder and and has amazing cgi and practical effects and you know all around 10 out of 10 movie and then it's like they take that and they go let's just do this but all jeff goldblum and which sounds good on paper but it's like uh, uh you know 
it's not for me. <laughs> uh, Jurassic World actually had really good um, practical effects. Like, I was impressed. It was good. Um, but Mav, you want to talk about Glow? Yeah, I started Glow in Westworld, night. right? We'll do Westworld also if you want. But okay, I is started... it a non-spoiler? Yes, we can yes, make it a non-spoiler. Okay. But last night I started Glow. Uh, so for y'all that don't know, it, Glow is a show about women's wrestling in the late late '80s, early '90s. Uh, it's a fictional movie though, uh, and Glow stands for the Glorious Ladies of Wrestling. It's a show that they put on in California. Uh, on cable television and so they get this like this weird group of ladies and they like turn them into wrestlers basically and there's like this the main character is like a former actress and so like she's trying to at first she treats it like acting but it ultimately helps her in like making a really good character it's like it's just covering like the process of putting on the matches and learning how to wrestle uh, and for like wrestling fans, it's a really nice treat because there's a lot of cameos sprinkled in. So uh, Johnny Nitro, John Morrison, as other people called him, uh, he was in. He's a trainer in there. You have people like Joey Ryan, Christopher Daniels. Uh, there's a woman who's one of the main characters, uh, whose her name was Awesome Kong. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other cameos. Now, Awesome Kong character, wrestling character there, is still up for debate. Uh, she, her wrestling character goes by the name of Welfare Queen. And this is a 90s movie. <laughs> so she... <laughs> that, doesn't seem, that doesn't seem offensive at all. So, but that's, that's the thing with wrestling. It's like it's getting a reaction. And so it's, she gets a reaction with the crowd and resonates with the crowd. So it's <laughs> it has those kind of elements where it's it's debatable, like, but it can be funny at the, at the same time. Uh, what did you want to know about Colby? Oh, I just want to know what you thought, um, because it's on my list of it's on my list of things I need to watch. Um, I heard that I would really like it, so yeah. that's cool. That's good to know that you liked it. No, it's really enjoyable. It's very funny. Uh, it's really nice for wrestling fans, like. They use some terminology the fans know and the cameos, things like that. Uh, they and the kind of they stereotype certain wrestling aspects, but in a funny way that wrestling fans can understand, but also laugh at. Uh, it's pastiche, not parody. Yeah, I know the difference between those two things. <laughs> um, but let's talk about Westworld. Oh my. See, I've been Westworld before <laughs> I started Glow. Um, I think I mentioned this when the season... Maybe I didn't. Um, I really enjoyed this season. A, a lot of people did not. Um, I found out a lot of people this season like completely turned them off of the show. Uh, viewership numbers were actually down um, this season from last. I think part of that has to do with the weight between the seasons. Um... And some people are tired. I don't think this is a spoiler. They're tired of the timey-wimey stuff. Um, Possibly. Not, not making sense, but... I love this season really for three episodes. I think the high points of this season are better than the high points of the last season. And those are the episodes where they stick to, for the most part, one timeline and tell a linear story. Um, and Matt, you know which three episodes those are since we were talking about it. Yep. Um, I... 
those are some of the three best hours of television I've seen in recent memory. No, I w- I'm shocked to hear what you were saying about viewership and things like that. Because this is one of the mm-hmm. times where I thought the sequel season was in a lot of ways better than the first season. Uh, there's just a now, lot of I, enjoyable elements they added to the story. They stayed true to the elements of the first season, but still managed to add new storylines, though. It still made it interesting. I think they did add some silly stuff. Like, this isn't a... I'm going to make it vague, but... Um, Mav, episode 9, The Hats. I think it's episode 9. They're talking about The Hats. Uh. It's one of the, that was dumb. It's, it's like, that was really dumb. It's like midichlorians of Star Wars. People are like, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> it was when she, when he said the hats, I was like, really? Is this what we're doing right now? It's the hats. Um, but yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed this season. Um, there, there are rumbling, rumblings of season three being the last season. Um, just because this show is so expensive to make. Um, that it's not worth it for HBO to keep it running with the viewership that they have. Um, is that on top? Is that because it's on top of Game of Thrones? Well, the two series that like tentpole um, HBO are Game of Thrones and Westworld, and the Leftovers when before their Leftovers ended. Um, but this this show is very very expensive, and I think Mav, you know where the season is heading now. I feel like with what they did, they are able to make budget cuts mm-hmm. while with it making sense for the story. I think that was a very conscious decision um, with um, Jonah Nolan and Lisa Joy. Yeah. I think you and I both agreed that they could have honestly stopped the whole series with this. Right one. here. Cause, right here. Yeah, yeah, there were still some things like it kind of left open. Uh, and I'm more than happy to watch what they do in season three if it gets approved and when it gets approved. But they could have very well ended it here. Mm-hmm. But they did keep it open. And I, I still want to see. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But that, that's all I have as far as just reactions to mm-hmm. Westworld. We can have a spoilery talk down the road, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Monument Valley, where they, um, where they film, is so expensive. It's so expensive to um, film there. So yeah. Um, Big Brother. Let's okay. So, Colby. Yes. And, and Aaron, you also watch Big Brother, right? Yes. We I have a fantasy league. Can one of you like walk me through the premise of this? Because I have actually don't know what Big Brother is like. I know do you, you watch Aaron it, or... and I know you're like. Uh, you can do it, and I can chime in. Okay. So, have you watched Survivor, David? Yeah, so it's a similar concept. So sixteen people come into the come into a house. There are cameras all over the house, watching it, watching twenty four seven. Hence, Big Brother. You can't leave. Hence, Big Brother. Um, you can't okay. leave. If you leave, you're gone. Um, there. And Wait, so like they can't leave it at all for any reason? No, unless they wow. quit the game. Unless they quit, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. So, okay. it's a battle to see who's going to stay in the house the longest. Um, they vote someone off every week, and the way that works is on Thursday night, they have the head of household competition. Um, whoever wins head of household can nominate two people for eviction. 
um, on when or not actually on Wednesday in real life. I think on then Sun- Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday they have the veto competition. Wait, did you say nominations? Yeah. Or, well, yeah, they do um, HOH comp on Thursday. Nominations are on Friday. Um, veto competition on Sunday where the two nominees to HOH and three random house guests play for the power of veto. Whoever wins the power of veto has the opportunity to take one of the nominees off of um, the nomination block and the HOH has to renominate somebody. And then on uh, Thursday, they evict somebody and the week starts over. And it can be anybody based on anything. It can be like it's is it it's strategic like if you feel like someone's a, like it's a, it, you can nominate someone for any reason okay and yeah. also a bit a major difference between big brother and survivor is the hoh is not eligible to compete for the hoh the next week so oh, whereas okay. in survivor you could win immunity every single 3 days in big brother at least in my opinion that makes it more difficult because you have to have a good social game in Big Brother to keep you around because whereas in Survivor, a comp beast can just win every single competition to make it to the end in Big Brother, that's not possible. Right. And that's also because in Big Brother, a lot of the competition, it's like, I'd say one third of the competitions are endurance, which are like similar to the classic Survivor competitions. One third are mental where you have to like identify things and one third are just like crapshoot competitions got it where it's just something semi-random so yeah one of my favorite endurance competitions is the button press the pressure cooker the pressure cooker is great but they haven't done pressure cooker in a really long time um but the button press they have a button that's just within reach that they have to hold above their head oh yeah yeah and they have to keep their arm up um, and if you let go of the button, you're out. And what they'll do is they'll <laughs> entice people to let go of the button. It's like, if you let go of the button and come out here, you'll win $5,000. Or you get a phone call from home. Or you won't be a have-not for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah, there's also haves and have-nots. So um, every week they have a competition where... If you lose, you're a have-not, which means that the only thing you can eat is Big Brother slop, which is... What? It's literally just, like, this gray sludge that has, like, like, all the nutritional... What was that, Aaron? It's, like, bad oatmeal. Yeah, it's, like, bad oatmeal. It has zero taste, and that's all you can eat for the entire week. You have to sleep in the have-not... And you have to sleep in a bad, bad room. Yeah, the have-not room. And take cold showers all week. So basically, this show is solitary confinement. The competition. <laughs> no, solitary confinement. The competition is the show. Solitary. Uh, yeah, solitary, <laughs> which is a great reality game show. <laughs> wow. But Big Brother. For you on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I love Big Brother, and I think I could win. Um, yeah, I want to be on really? the show one day. Uh, I want to be on Big Brother so bad. But yeah, the cameras are rolling twenty four seven. So. There are live feeds that you can get for $5 a month through CBS All Access, um, where you can just, like, look in on the house at any time, unless there's a competition going on. You ever seen somebody getting it? Yes. Oh! 
<laughs> I did not expect a yes. <laughs> it it happens. Wow. Yeah, there are already people making out. Interesting. I won't say who, Aaron, unless you want Good. to know. No, I don't want to know. I'm trying to think. There was something else that I was going to say about it. Um, another big part of it that's different than Survivor is that Survivor is like usually about a month. Big Brother is always at least 90 days. Yeah, this season is 99 days. And I'm, so I'm turning on the big, live feeds now just to see what's happening. A so big I can part like of it. a big part of what makes Big Brother so hard. Oh, I remember. So in Survivor, you like can somewhat interact with the production team because they're like live cameramen that are with you and like when they're giving you interview questions, they're like actually interviewing you. In Big Brother, it's just remote-controlled cameras or cameras behind a, two, a one-way mirror. And even when you're in the diary room, which is where you give, like, your narration of your game or what's going on, it's a voice behind a one-way mirror. So you have zero outside interaction. And because of that and because of how long the game is, a major part of Big Brother is that everyone becomes super paranoid. Because you're only interacting with those 16 people a whole summer, and eventually you think that everybody's gunning for you. Partly because they are. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, mostly pro- they probably are. So. Well, yes and no. Like, there are many cases of paranoia in the house that are not justified, but there are also a lot that are. Wow. That was a lot. I did not expect that much. <laughs> you just thought it was a silly game show, didn't you? Is it not? <laughs> it is a silly game show, but there's actually like legit. So wait, what do you get? Did you already say what you get for winning? I'm sorry. You get five hundred thousand dollars. Holy crap! <laughs> what? In the, can I get on this show? <laughs> it's time to go, Kobe. We're about to get out here. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pulling up the live feeds on my TV. Um just so I can, like, describe what's happening at this moment. Um, But this week, it was week one. um, People are in the house. It's happening. It's a thing. Um, They have already given out the first two punishments of the season, Um, both uh, one of which I think is fine, the other which I think is so unfair. Would you agree, Aaron? Yes, I would totally agree. So, Sam... Um, the nation's sweetheart. Everybody loves her. Um, her because she lost the competition. Her, she every time production says um, robot online, she has to go into this secluded room, and the only way she can communicate with the house guests is through a robot that she controls via remote control and like talking through a microphone and looking through a camera for most of the day. That's horrible. Yeah, no, it sucks. And it's the first two, like, she got this punishment, I think, on day one or day two. So she hasn't been in the house at all to be, um, to, like, socialize and get to know other people. And now she's also on the block to be evicted this week, which is super sad. So that's my quick big brother because it's week one. There's not much to go off of, but 
that's my quick reaction to this week of Big, Big Brother. Aaron? Yeah. Um, my fantasy team is off to a very bad start. Through two episodes, I have negative two points. <laughs> wait, wait. There's Big Brother fantasy teams? There sure is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> is this on TV? Yes. yes. It's, on it's on CBS s- three times a week. It's uh, Sundays are at... Nine right. Sundays are at nine. Wednesdays are at eight. Thursdays are live at nine. Uh, Sundays at eight. Oh, Sundays uh, are at eight. I Sundays and Wednesdays are at eight, and the live shows at nine. Wait, are you sure? I thought it was. I'm very sure. Colby seems like the expert. Okay, because it always <laughs> came on after sixty minutes. That's true. Uh, wait. I'm looking it up right now because I looked it up earlier today. I know it's always eight or nine o'clock. Um, okay, finally the live feeds are up. So <laughs> it looks Arky dogs. It looks like one house guest is in the HOH room. Oh yeah, the HOH gets their own private bedroom. Is in the HOH room painting their nails. Um, two more house guests are in the hammock in the backyard talking to a third house guest who's just chilling. So Sundays are at eight, Wednesdays and Thursdays are at nine. Does it not feel like super invasive? Like, does it not feel like like? But I gotta see the live game talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is super invasive, but like that's what they're signing up for, and you get right, used right, no, to no, it no, no, after no. a period of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like this is all like they uh, they knew what they were getting into by signing up for it, like. Oh, yeah, and the HOH gets an iPod because you aren't allowed to sing or listen to music or do anything at the house. Whoa, you're not allowed to sing? No, because... Rights issues. Yeah. Wait, what is it? Oh, rights issues. Yep. You can't even hum? Nah. Can't whistle? Nope. Wow. People do, and then Big Brother yells at them. They'll be like, Colby, stop singing. So they have this announcer guy that most of the time is a robot, but sometimes he, like, sits in there to yell at them when they mess up. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it's like a producer that tells them to, like, Aaron, put your microphone on or stuff like that. David, huh. please go to the diary room. My favorite is when they're just doing something random and they say, like, Colby, stop that. <laughs> No, my favorite is when somebody said something and they were like, that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Best Big Brother moment. But yes, that was our way too long explanation of what Big Brother is. Yeah, we're running running pretty long right now. (laughs) (laughs) If you like watching really trashy people be really trashy, then Big Brother is probably for you. But this season looks so wholesome. Yeah, but the majority of the time, the archetype that they cast is... Young twenty-something trashy people. Yeah, I could totally make it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fire through these questions. Yes. Yeah. Sure. At yeah, Sarah McCullough, uh, or at Sarah underscore McCullough, what are your favorite omelet toppings slash fillings? Because Aaron thinks they're fillings instead of toppings. Well, yeah, because they don't go on top; they go inside. But we can get to that after we say our favorite toppings. Or My fillings. goat. 
my go-to omelet is bacon, onions, and spinach and cheese. Yeah, cheese, onions. I like cilantro in there, uh, salt, pepper. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty boring as far as omelets go. Maybe potatoes if I'm feeling frisky. I got you beat just bacon and cheese. I like... I'm surprised. I seem like extreme compared to you guys with my omelets. At Lenore, whenever I get an omelet, I'll get bacon, turkey, onions, mushrooms, and cheese. Uh, I can see mushrooms. Yeah. I wouldn't mind mushrooms. I don't eat fungus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so t- are they toppings or fillings? Uh, I feel like filling is like some type of paste but I can see what you mean by them not being toppings fillings are hot dogs well, I call them what do you <laughs> call what goes on the inside of a wrap the, the stuff in the wrap like I, I don't have a name for it I don't care what I call it <laughs> because those are I'd say it's a similar situation and those are definitely not toppings but I also think that it's dependent on how you make the omelet because the way Lenore makes it on a griddle, it's like an omelet wrap-up. But if you make it like a traditional omelet, you make the eggs, or you make the stuff, and then you pour the eggs over it. And so it's like full, it's like all part of it. Whereas at Lenore, you could unwrap it and pour everything out. Hmm. So question for our listeners. What do you call what goes on the inside of an omelet? Let us know at NeverMadePod. We're indecisive. Please tell us what it is. (laughs) Um, Skipping around, Annabelle, Elizabeth, at Life is Annabelle, can you give music suggestions and or talk about Drake's album? Have y'all listened to it? No. I've had snippets. I have. I have listened to it all the way through. You had time. I did have time. (laughs) All right, hold on. He addressed some of the things in the Pusha T disc. Uh, uh, if you mean that he acknowledges that he has a son, then yes. Yes. And so, <laughs> if you mean he responds to Pusha T, then no. <laughs> no, he doesn't mention him at all. But he do, he says like the, the line about like uh, I wasn't trying to hide my kid from the world. I was trying to hide the world from my kid. Uh, that would be fine if I didn't. Like so, like if I didn't believe that he was hanging out with Odell Beckham Jr. instead of hanging out with his kid. <laughs> I will never get over you are hiding a child. You are hiding <laughs> you are a, child. a child. It was just plain as day. No rhythm, just you are hiding a child. Uh, I mean, just some favorites off the album. I mean, I like the B side more than the A side. Um, so the R and B side more than the uh, rap side. Um, if I had some suggestions, I would say, yeah, man, I'm just sad all the time. It's sad boy hours, 24 hours, you know. Um. Uh, I would say uh, Jaded is a probably really is a really good one. Uh, the one <laughs> featuring Michael Jackson, "Don't Matter to Me," is actually pretty catchy, and I enjoyed it. Uh, Blue Tint. Um, if it wasn't for Future, it'd be the best uh, song in the album. Uh, ever since uh, Future ruined King's Dead, I, I can't forgive him. Like, I don't know if y'all have heard that song, but if you have, you've probably heard Future's one line in, in, in uh, King's Dead. Uh, so Blue Tint's a really good one. Um, Final Fantasy's a good one. Uh, 
Uh, and I would say After Dark is a good one. So those are all solid listens. Solid starts. I have too much. Summer Games. I was going to say Summer Games is the worst one on the album. Uh, like, straight up. I have too much content to get to to listen to 90 minutes of Drake. But I do have music recommendations. Um, I recently went back and listened to The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, hey. And that is a masterpiece. Fantastic album. It's so great. So, so, so great. I, I don't know. I was in the 90s rap movie, so I was listening to, like, AT Aliens and... Um, I mean, if, and, like, the Fugees and, and, like, Lauryn Hill, like, that era of stuff, like, like that genre of music was always, like, really big with me. The South one? <laughs> like, like, Wyclef John, Lauryn Hill. Wyclef John before he ruined We Are the World. Alicia Keys is terrible. the wifey. Um, y'all have anything, Mav, Aaron? I don't really think I have anything in particular. Music, just listen to it all the time. <laughs> I've gotten back into Streetlight recently. They've been one of my favorite bands for a while, but I hadn't listened to them in a bit, and now I'm obsessed with them again. Some They're Fleetwood very good Mac if you... you. I like Fleetwood Mac, thank you very much. But Streetlight <laughs> is not similar at all as Fleetwood Mac. Streetlight is. <laughs> Are you saying Fleetwood Mac is ska? No, Fleetwood Mac <laughs> is not ska. <laughs> I, think that's what I you're need saying. to hear ska Hot take cover of, of "Don't Stop Right Now." <laughs> that would be awesome immediately um one last one and we'll get out yep. of here uh carla bratcher at carla underscore b22 what are some absurd sport rules Ooh, absurd sport rules. the nfl catch uh, rule the what the catch rule the tuck rule the tuck rule i again i will say i think the catch rule was fine as it was I really do. But my my uh, my answer would be so my answer would be a YouTube series. Um so SB Nation has a entire series called Weird Rules where they break down the most obscure rules in like a bunch of uh different rule books. For example, uh you are allowed to or there is a way to block an opponent's uh, free throw for a competitive advantage through the rules. I believe Kentucky did it one time. Yes, they, they did. And yes. it failed miserably. It failed miserably, but it could have worked. So, uh, watch Weird Rules. SB Nation puts out a lot of good content. Uh, a lot of that kind of content. Um, so check them out. If you want to learn about weird sport rules. Oh, another one. The, in the NHL, if for whatever reason the refs can't make it to a game, um, the teams will decide who will ref. It can be anybody. It could be anybody. Well, Interesting. yeah, it happened one time. And they just picked some people from the teams. Oh, like team officials? No, like players. Oh, players? Yeah, and they just they ref the game. Interesting. Yeah. Anything else? No, I'm hungry, bro. I need some dinner. I'm also hungry. Um, so, uh, I said we had an announcement last week, and we do. We are sponsored by Audible. Yay! Yeah! We don't have our offer code yet. It's coming. <laughs> I promise it's coming. Um, 
but yeah we are sponsored by audible hopefully uh the next time you hear our wonderful voices, it will be a pre-roll ad for Audible. Or a post-roll ad, maybe. Or a post-roll ad. Probably pre-roll, because, you know, you gotta get through it to get to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about that amongst ourselves. And thank you to all of you who helped us get to this point. This is really just like a spur of the moment thing that we put together, and it's really cool that you all have listened to us. And have made us like a part of your week which is really cool so thank you yeah it's nice to know that people actually like you know listen to us it's weird i feel like this feels like just like a four-person conversation (laughs) but to to actually like hear feedback and say like hear people compliment it and and say that they like certain things from from different episodes is really nice and it's really uh it it makes this whole thing worth it honestly we the basically dog made a platform to the tell dog everybody like to at us about anything and everything. <laughs> yeah. To at us and then say, don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else before we get out of here? No, I got to take the dog out. She's going to yell at me. <laughs> okay. So if you want to find <laughs> us, you can do that at tinyurl.com. Leave us a five-star rating <laughs> and a review on iTunes. My computer is falling asleep. What is happening? Uh, um, anything you like or didn't like, please let us know via the Twitter at NeverMatePod. Oh, thank God, computer's back. Uh, thank you, Jake, for the theme music. We'll see you next week. Bye. Cars is a bad movie. Bye. No, it is not. And we're back. Wow. <laughs> Emergency yeah, tack-on podcast. So it is 9.52 p.m. on Sunday. We, we finished recording around... 7:30. Yeah, like around 7:30. So we are we are back because LeBron chose you know the exact worst time to <laughs> say that he was going to the Lakers. He, LeBron James is a Los Angeles Laker. Holy crap! I'm so ready to be a Lakers fan. I'm so ready. I'm ready. Laker gang boy. <laughs> the Lake Show is back. The Lake Show is back. <laughs> Look, I need to know how I'm going to need to stay up for these games at one in the morning. Ask Turner for some advice. Aaron, we got to get so, your thoughts. Yeah, we got to, we got to get your raw reactions to this. Um, I mean, I don't know. I'm sad. I'm not mad at LeBron. I don't think I could be mad at LeBron. Like he gave Cleveland our first title in 52 years. He delivered on his promise. I don't really think that there's anything more that we could have expected of him. And um, I'll, I'll root for LeBron, but I'm never going to root for the Lakers. A also, fair take. Also, I think Dan Gilbert needs to sell the team ASAP. Have you, did you she just sold the team yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I saw something on Twitter where they're saying, like, in February, people with floor seats had to commit to a three-year uh, – like ticket plan for the next. Three I did seasons. see that on Twitter. That's horrible. Yeah, if they, true, they, that's very smart. It's smart, but it's so it's so shitty. Yeah, but like, you gotta hustle. <laughs> you gotta as hustle. billionaires. <laughs> if you no, told but... me four years ago that Kevin Love was gonna be. The last remaining of the Cavs' big three, I would have called you crazy. 
so, I did not see that one coming. I did not realize how much cap space the Lakers have. But as it stands right now, they'll need to dump uh, Brooke Lopez, um, Isaiah Thomas, and one more who I can't remember right now. I thought they already dumped Brooke Lopez. They might have. Well, I thought they did then, already. Isaiah Thomas, I think they have, and Isaiah Thomas is next, and then one more that I can't remember. Other than that, like, Lonzo can stay, Contavious Caldwell-Pope can stay, Julius Randle can stay. Contingent on this being the last move that the Lakers made. I mean, now we have to ask ourselves, if are they going to realize why now and make a big push for that? Well, and I, I think, think that's should. when you see the young pieces start to go. And they, they yeah. also don't have a center, like, at all. Like, me and Maverick were talking about it earlier, but they, they do not have a center. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Steve, Brooke Steve Lopez Davis isn't bad. About this and stuff. Uh, he was saying that if nothing happens with Kawhi, they would, they're going to get on the phone and call Boogie and ask him to take a, a lesser deal since he might not play the whole season and then, like, possibly back into contract for a one-year thing so that he can still yeah. make money the next year. They might do something like that. I mean, they, I've all, they, I saw something where they're also looking at Brooke, bringing Brooke back. Is, did Boogie, what was his injury? Did he tear his Achilles? So yes. Yeah, he really? ruptured his Achilles. No bueno. Yeah. My dad, my dad, it's not fun. Or DeAndre Jordan returns to Los Angeles. Because <laughs> technically he still could. Yeah, technically he's still putting. I don't need that in my life. There's this thing called a verbal agreement. Would you even be mad, Mav? In my life right now. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this happened. I really am speechless. I, I didn't think it was going to happen today. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think it was going to happen today, and I did not think it was going to be that long of a contract. Mm-hmm. And, and they what I think that center, like it's it's more of like it's a, a bigger recruiting pitch to people that now that he has a long term commitment to an organization, it's going to be a bigger token for uh, free agents like one to come play for him or play with him, but for him. I think it's also indicative of his relationship with the Cavaliers, like taking the max every single year. I think he really just wanted to take as much as Dan Gilbert's money as he could. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that this has shown that he still has a very not good relationship with Dan Gilbert. Does anyone have a good relationship with Dan Gilbert? (laughs) Um... I mean, the first time around, it didn't seem like LeBron had any problem with him until the letter. <laughs> the letter. Oh, I forgot that's all about idea. that. Yeah, that's why LeBron, I bet that's part of the reason why LeBron doesn't mess with him. Yeah, and I mean, even like during the playoffs, when LeBron was interacting with members of the Cavaliers front office it was clear that he still wasn't interested in Dan like when we won the East he was dapping up everyone that was sitting courtside and he walked right past Dan Gilbert Petty Wars I'm all <laughs> no, about it was it. even worse he gave him the weakest dap I've ever seen 
Like he did, it's like leaving a one cent tip. <laughs> oh yikes! Yeah. And now the East is wide open for the Celtics, I think. Or for the uh, Raptors. I was about to say, you mean the Raptors because they're the roadblock is gone. I think that they have to be the second biggest winners of this whole thing. I tweeted that out. I tweeted out a gif of Leonardo DiCaprio screaming freedom. <laughs> and I said at the whole Raptors organization. Yeah, I still so, think the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals at this point. I guess I could agree and with then that. The Sixers are only going to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they... Because... They're either just going to be a year older, or they they're the ones that land Kawhi. Yeah, and now look at the West. It's yeah, no, that's World. a gauntlet. <laughs> like it is horribly difficult, and it's going to be horribly difficult to get out of the West for anybody, even the Warriors, because they're going to have to play not one of two of these teams, either the Houston Rockets or the Lakers, potentially. Just to get to the finals. The East is going to get spanked in the All-Star game. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's over now. Yeah. As Vince Carter said, it's over. <laughs> yeah. And seeing Le- LeBron's in the West, that's weird. Yeah, no, that's the one thing that's kind of a culture shock for me. It's that I got to get used to LeBron being on the West Coast. Yeah, I'm not ready to stay up for these games at all. <laughs> at all. Those Lakers fans sure did come out of the woodwork, though. Hey, <laughs> we out here. They've been in high, yeah. <laughs> My dad grew up a Lakers fan. I bet he had some hats back at his old house. I'm about to go raid that attic. <laughs> like, does this make the Lakers? Throwbacks? I mean, it probably was beforehand, but this only makes the Lakers that much more like the most stacked franchise of all time in terms of players. It was them and the Celtics. Yeah, yeah it's got to be one of those two. Now, there's all this disrespect now, though, that LeBron's going to take number 24 and Kobe <laughs> isn't even the, a top 10 Laker anymore. Yo, that's just so mean. <laughs> but LeBron is the best Laker. I love that as soon as, like, non-regular Laker fans got into the, fa- quote-unquote, the fandom, we immediately ruined the place. <laughs> I like that you're already calling them we. Yes, we are. We are we. <laughs> we. As in us Laker fans. <laughs> now, admittedly, oh, Aaron, I, this does open up some cat space for all. Who do y'all? Who would you like for them to go after? We still are well up of the cap. Yeah. Um. So we're not going after any free agents. Where do you think, think the Cavs place <laughs> next oh, year? If we keep love. Honestly, we could probably still make the playoffs because the East kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, now we yeah. could still be the eight seed, but I don't see what the point of that is. As much as I love love, pun intended, I think that we need to trade him for the best offer. So That's you're there. saying tank? Yeah, I I don't think that there's any other option because, I mean, granted we do have our cap completely open in two years, but. I don't see what the point of being a middle-of-the-road franchise for those next two years is when we have our pick top ten protected the next two seasons. Yeah, I think it's time to go into tank mode. 
not that this has ever, I don't even think this has happened or will happen, but Mavs Twitter said, I'm calling Cleveland right now and offering Wesley Matthews white Powell for uh, K-Love in a salary dump. Would you, mm. would you take I don't that, Aaron? Take that deal, but I feel like we could get a better offer. Probably could. I mean, there was a time where we looked at Kevin Love like a top ten player in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I think I next mean, year is going to show exactly what like LeBron meant to the Cavaliers, and see yeah. like how much was that he not already obvious? Do with so little. I mean. Uh, for people that didn't want to acknowledge it, I guess they're really going to see what how much he carried that team. I think. I mean, how much of that team was on one-year contracts? Like, I I don't know. Um, Hill was on a multi-year deal. Corver's on a multi-year deal. Hood is a restricted free agent, so he's under team control. Jetty is on a multi-year deal. Zizich is on a multi-year deal. Clarkson's on a multi-year deal. JR's on a multi-year deal. So they're really about to be some booty, huh? Yep. <laughs> so how do you think that uh, the people of Cleveland will... I mean, you know better than us. Like, are, Is there going to be a resentment? No. The vast majority of people are sad but not angry. I mean, like... There's no reason to be angry at LeBron. There's, it's not like he owed us anything, and it's not like he, it's not like he did us wrong by leaving like this. What do you think the effect on the economy, uh, the economy is going to be? I mean, obviously that's going to negatively affect it, but Cleveland is still uh, economically a growing city, regardless of the LeBron situation. Um, and that's still going to be helped by the Indians still doing well and the Browns hopefully getting better. Sports don't have as big of an impact on economics as they like to advertise. Yeah. But LeBron James does, though. Well, yes, but <laughs> even without LeBron, I mean, they, they, business I has someone... been... I took business classes been, on this, David. This business, was my major. Uh, business has I'm on been Twitter, so I'm totally qualified for this conversation. Okay, Colby. <laughs> all right. I read okay. things on the internet. Where's Space Jam Two? I know, right? I'm gonna Google but it right now. It, it was. It, I guess it was staring us in the face the whole time. What other way to say that LeBron was going to Hollywood? been doing his Hollywood movie. The world may never know. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, like, um, he's back in a big market now, and he's got his entertainment company, all his, his buddies that he's taking with him. I mean, his kids, pro- I mean, his kid is going to go to a prep school in L.A. So Watch him go to Chino Hills. Please don't. <laughs> if, I see I LeBron, if I see LeBron James wearing big baller brand... <laughs> I'm I'm gonna have a heart attack. He gets rid of the billion dollar deal with Nike to go with Big Baller brand. LeBron's t- gonna tell Lonzo exceptions or you better keep your father away from me, or you're gonna get traded. This is a tweet that I just saw from Aaron Goldhammer, who's uh, an ESPN Cleveland personality that I like. That shows 
the state of Cleveland now compared to the state of Cleveland eight years ago. Um, last time LeBron left, we were left with Josh Cribbs and as Drupal Cabrera as our biggest stars in town. Now we've got Frankie Lindor, Jose Ramirez, Corey Kluber, Miles Garrett, and a franchise quarterback. See you in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I I just went to the Big Baller brand website to browse through the shoes. They aren't bad. They really aren't. Like if they weren't four hundred dollars. Oh, they brought it down. I thought it was five fifty. No, five fifty is first size thirteen and up. Ah, okay. the designs aren't bad. It's for the quality of the shoe. Yeah, the mellow cotton candies though. <laughs> Let's see how much three ninety five. Like I don't even like. It's to the point where I don't even have a problem with like any of the kids anymore. Like, not that I really ever had a problem with the kids, but it's like, I didn't really believe Lonzo was that good, and I was like, he's proven me wrong in some ways. Like, I feel like he'll be solid. Um, but I still can't stand LeVar. Like, I, I can't do it. I can't stand him. I think he's I think he's awful. I haven't heard from him in a minute, though. Yeah. Nope. And I like it that way. <laughs> I everybody's bringing hanging. up, though, that he brought this, that he... He didn't do anything. I'm so tired of that. Yeah. That's a stupid narrative. I that stopped he prophesized. Al- yeah. I stopped hating Lonzo when I realized that he's the best. That I'm better with. He's the player that I'm best with out of everyone in 2K18. <laughs> That's Yo, why. his release is so silky. Yeah. He, he is lights out from three. If you figure out his release and... He's an amazing passer. He's so much fun to play with in 2K. Like, if he was my, if I I was between him and MJ for my release and um, for my my player. (laughs) Like, if I can't play with LeBron in 2K, then Lonzo's my go-to. All right. So I think that's good enough. Anything else before we get out of this emergency? Wee woo, wee woo. Podcast. Sports are bad, life is pain, but <laughs> feeling optimistic. What does your gut say now, Aaron? Tribe's going to win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> that's the spirit. And I, very I think, good. I think that's a very good note to end. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye, y'all. The Reaper Dirch. <laughs>